What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 85 of the Lombard Trucking Show, where I'm live right now in McPherson, Kansas, at the Love's Parking Lot. Beautiful morning this morning. Couldn't ask for better weather. Was praying for a twister last night. Was hoping to see some action. It's gorgeous out here in Kansas. Not a lot going on, but the scenery is great. I had a, you know, an unfortunate long deadhead uh, out of the Pacific Northwest, and uh, but sometimes that's the name of the game. I said no to some cheap freight. That was coming out of Meridian, Idaho. At one point, there was one load available and nothing else really popped up after that. And that's just that's just the way it goes. And I was looking for stuff. Uh, my carrier was looking for stuff. And, and sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. They're, they're leveling with me on fuel. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of meeting me halfway on having to take the, the deadhead out of the Pacific Northwest. But generally speaking, that's the uh, that's the market. Uh, the, it's a, it's very, very slow. Uh, and that's just how it is. And I, the load I was offered, you know, it paid, it was paying below $2 a mile to the truck for something that was 10 feet wide and weighed 40,000 pounds, but I had to go through the Rockies. And the biggest issue is the time, the time itself. It would have taken me, you know, almost, a, a, I would have had to pick it up on Tuesday and I'd have been lucky to get it off on Friday. And time is also money at the same time, not just that rate per mile. And to me, just to get out of the Pacific Northwest, I took it upon myself to have a little bit of pride in, in my work ethic. And I uh, said no to cheap freight, which um, should make some people, you know, which, which is, you know, which is what we all should be doing right there if you own your own truck. But <clears throat> without any further delay, uh, got an awesome show in store for you guys today. Uh, this, this has been a long time coming. Uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. I really think he's one of the funniest people uh, using the Internet. To, uh, today, he's he's coined certain catchphrases in trucking that have always been in the back of people's minds, and he's kind of just you know put, put it out there. And it's it's just when you say these things, now you automatically think of him. He's the president of the Supply Chain Crisis Actors Guild himself, Mr. Joe Seppi. Welcome to the show, sir. Good morning. So this is the internet, huh? This is what Al Gore had in mind. This we're here. We fucking I love it. We made it, yeah. Back in way back in two thousand, I'm not actually. When did he say that? But yeah, this I don't is what, know. I'm not a history guy. Yeah, this is what Al Gore was thinking of. He was he anticipated the rise of uh, live shows from truck stops. Yeah. To talk about the supply chain crisis. Well, good. I'm glad we're here then. Yeah, we need to be here, man. So, where are you at right now? By the way, right now I'm in beautiful luscious green river utah hey fun fact about green river utah did you know it gets hot here i didn't because i was just near salt lake and it was gorgeous okay well you ruined it then because now it is 107 degrees and like i i I don't want to be too dramatic or anything but i'm pretty sure lucifer just asked me to get in my truck so he could cool down i don't know what's up with that i politely declined obviously and then um told him i had to do a, a podcast live stream internet deal with my very good. Almost um, basically, am I jumping to conclusions when I ask if we're best friends now? I I'm definitely not jumping to conclusions because I okay. had already been I had already been floating that around, and I'm yeah. glad we're. It's good to hear we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I just had to kick that that demon out of here, and then um and now we're here face to face, and I just want to say that I freaking love you, man. I love you back, dude. I'm I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're you're inside the truck and your air conditioning works. Some people are not that that fortunate i know like i and we were just talking before the show like i got to finally sleep with my truck off for the past like four nights because i was up in wyoming and and in 
in Colorado. And because, yeah, this summer has been hellacious. Which is crazy because I felt like I was saying the same thing about last winter, how it was hellacious and I was begging for days like this. And now I am like I am the, the worst hypocrite ever. There, I will never be happy with weather. That's just the thing. if it's not 57 degrees and overcast, I'm going to cry about it. Oh, man, that, that's a true testament to, to where you're from, which is actually probably the, the best segue <laughs> we can get. Because, yeah, man. So what's 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 your story? Where where are you from? Where I am from is um, a little complicated. Unless you're an Army brat, you would understand. But I was born at Madigan Army Medical Center on uh, at Fort Lewis, Washington. Now it is Joint Base Lewis-McChord. But back in my day, it was Fort Lewis and McChord. They were separated. The hospital I was born at was all one story. It doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and then we moved out somewhere. The only place I remember living besides... Washington, the Puget Sound area is uh, my dad was stationed in West Point, New York, ever heard about it. And so that's where I kind of developed a memory, I guess, before all the brain damage um, and trauma. But uh, that's also how I kind of fell in love with a couple of my sports teams was when I lived on the East Coast. I was a real young and impressionable youth. Um, So we spent, I believe it was 1984 three or 84 until 1988 out there. And then my dad got stationed right back at Fort Lewis. And that's pretty much where I, that's just where I tell people I grew up was like the Puget Sound area between Tacoma, Lakewood, Fort Lewis, Olympia, Lacey. That's my jam. It's, I think it, when it comes to being, uh, and and so for those who are uh, listening, not watching, uh, Joe has People are watching this? They they could be, or they will be. It will be. Is my hair fine? Perfect. Okay, thank you. That's a segue for me stealing all of Jesse's bits too. By the way, yeah, Jet, Jesse, former former guest of the show. Uh, we don't we don't know who steals whose content yet. But we're <laughs> get, we'll get to the bottom of it. But you have yeah. the Mets. You have the Mets bobblehead, and I think when it comes to being a Mets fan at all, because I I always the Mets are, are an early team that I also really liked too. And what's crazy is though with you is you were you know you said you were in at West Point in the eighties. And you literally, when you you were you became a Mets fan, literally when they were shit hot, like when they were like the, like the Amazons, like they they yep. like every like everyone was going crazy for them, and then you left just in like the nick of time, because you know the the Mets sense you left West Point. I mean, let's let's be let's be real. There's been some the World Series, not you know not to even though you know 2015 seems like seems like yesterday. I mean, there's yeah. there's been some talent to come through. You know, it could always be better. But, man, did you got to grow up during a cool, cool time period? I got to grow up during a, a very cool – the 80s, I don't believe – I don't know how old you are, but were you, do you remember the 80s? Uh, no, I don't. I was uh, oh. still in my dad's nuts at the time, I think. I'm 33. Well, you're, okay, so your dad's nuts were definitely having a good time in the 80s then because I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, you know, baseball cards in the spokes your tires, run around till the streetlight comes on. Um, there, like nobody cared, like no parents cared where their kids went. We just went somewhere and then we just had to be back by the time mom's goulash was ready. And so I love the eighties and yeah, I did get out of New York just in time for the Mets to suck for the rest of my life. A fun fact about 2015, I was in Cincinnati when they clinched the pennant. Um, and the thing that bugs me the most about that memory is I have been a whore for clout as long as the internet has been in my lap, you know what I'm saying? 
And I was at this game, and I'm not joking. When we, we, I am, I am a member of the New York Mets roster, so I can say we. When we won, um, we, my family and I were leaving the stadium, and there was a commotion down the third baseline, and so we didn't realize then. But the players had come out and uh, shake hand or high five all the fans who were still there. And how about I had my phone, a GoPro, and I believe some other contraption used for recording. Did I get any footage or pictures? No because I am really good at this. Yeah, you anyways, you're a, other than 2015 we suck. You were you were living in the moment. That was a flashback to flashback to the 80s, which and you bring up a <laughs> you bring up a good point though cuz yeah, I mean technically I I grew up in the 90s and where like the only difference was like yeah, computers were starting to come out and like, you know, there was like Oregon Trail and MS-DOS and yeah. that stuff, but like the, you know, for the most part I got to definitely hitch on those same cultural moments of like growing up of probably what what you got to experience in the 80s but that's that sense says like but my cousin who was born in 2000 she you know no there's no there's no there's no similarities like with our childhood like it's very 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 different which is like crazy like i as a 33 year old have more in common with people closer to 50 than i do with 10 years my junior it's fucking wild yeah agreed yeah, somebody's somebody actually. Let's drop this live comment here. I guess we're taking a thirty-four hour break with the APU on. Oh, actually, my truck is on. If that's directed at me, <laughs> you want me to try and kill this bear? Hang on a second here. Is that better? I will sweat my balls off for the good of the clouts. Hey, I mean, I had no problem here, but I guess C there had a had a hard time. But, See, I am sorry about that. Okay, please forgive me. We'll see. We'll see what he thinks. But okay, so you get back to the, to the Puget Sound. I'm assuming that's where you go to high school. You graduate. You graduate uh, for, uh, high school around there, and then and then where then where'd you go? Did you start trucking right after that? No, dude. I um right after that. So right after I graduated high school, barely. I mean, barely. Um, I got a job at a yard service, and then fast forward to where I met my wife. And her mom worked for a, like a wine and beer distributor. And I got on as a merchandiser. You know, the guys that are like in the grocery stores, like looking completely miserable, stocking the shelves with stuff that they don't even care about. You know, that was me. And then that parlayed into a position at Coca-Cola. And I worked there for a few years. And then that's when, after working in the warehouse for a couple of years, and I was like, backing big trucks into a dock is actually the easiest thing ever. Like an idiot could literally do this because I'm, an idiot in real life and I'm doing it. So I'm like, what's so hard about driving trucks? And then I got my CDL through them and I drove for them for a little while. And then I was like, dude, I'm so bored. I want to go to Afghanistan. So then I joined the army at the age of 30 with three kids and a wife been married 10 years. It was a very good decision on my part. And, um, so that took us to Kentucky to Fort Knox there. And, um, I got to see and do some things and then came back and then, um, we got a little homesick. I got a job as a garbage man. That was actually very fun. Um, much funner down there than it is in Spokane, I'll tell you that much. And then we got homesick and we moved back to Washington. Uh, and then I transferred from where I used to work in Tacoma out to Spokane. That's how where we live now. And so I just kind of got, I don't know, am I going too fast? I got a little bored. So I get curious. That's all of my career changes are out of curiosity and boredom and frustration. 
and probably some kind of mental illness, let's be honest. But um, I don't know if you ever heard about Facebook. This company that I worked for, they had a Facebook advertisement and it came right to my eyeballs. And I was like, sure, I've never done over the road trucking. I've never even like driven a truck with a sleeper cab on it. I don't know anything about flat bedding. What is a winch bar? And I was like, yes, I would like to apply here. And so I did, the recruiter called me back and he was just as confused as I was for filling out that application, given the fact that their requirements was like, at that time, I believe it was two years over the road, one year flatbed, that kind of deal. And I had one time I put a tarp over a load to the landfill. That was like my flatbedding expertise right there. But they, for whatever reason, gave me a shot. And um, I showed up to orientation on Monday in July of 2019. And the rest has just been uh, history. Well, that was my first go around. Like I've quit this place a few times. I mean, um, but nothing that they did. It's always been because of me. Uh, but I, I love coming back because I'm addicted to orientation on Monday. So I cannot have that slogan and not have been a three-time orientation on Monday survivor. Oh, man, three ta- three ta- third award. Yeah, third, uh, third tour there. What kind I mean, of ribbon not- do I get for that? I mean, I'm not going to lie, uh, orientation, like I went to orientation for, and like it popped. And I remember when I was told orientation was on Monday, when I switched, when I brought my truck over to Warren transport, like the first thing I had, like, I, like my mind immediately floats, floats to your, your fucking TikTok, And I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I was like, this is everywhere. But you're right. Orientation was actually the shit though. Cause all I did was just like, hang out. I got to eat for free. Like you just like, you do a road test where you don't have to do anything. I got like, you know, it was, you know, I'm in a hotel. I'm like, dude, orientation is sick. <laughs> yeah, dude, orientation rules, man. Especially if it's on a Monday. If it starts on a Tuesday, you're screwed. Yeah. No, yeah. One. Yeah. If you, if needs to always start on a Monday, but uh, dude, this, I'll tell you what, we got a lot in common with that because like, I've like, when it comes to like making career changes or just like not knowing what you want to do and like what your job is. And first and foremost, I didn't even say this. Uh, thanks for your service, by the way. That's awesome. So what, what years were you in? Cause I was in from 2008 to 12. Did we cross? Did we we you must've crossed. Yeah. I was in 2000, 2010 to 2013. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I was in from 08 to 12. I, I was in, I was in the Marines. You, you went army. I went army. Yeah. I was definitely too old for the Marines and too broken for the Navy, but I don't know if you heard about it. The army has a waiver for everything. Oh Yeah. Yeah, Army's their slogan. <laughs> I was so funny story is when I was at MEPS, and for those that don't know, MEPS is what uh, do you know what it stands for? I don't Military know what it stands for. I just pro- something, but yeah, it's like so- it's where all the young punk kids go before they get shipped off. And uh, and I was at MEPS and I was sitting in front of the Army office, and there's like a group of kids that were sitting over in front of the Air Force, and one of them was leaning back in his chair, and the Army recruiter was walking by and he kind of like reprimanded him, told him to put his chair down. He's like, if you fall over and you hurt yourself, the air force, the air force won't take you, but we will. And I thought that was kind of funny. Like the army will take anybody, dude. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. Did, did you go in as like motor T? Did you drive, did you drive trucks? Yeah. So when I was talking to my recruiter, I thought like I wanted to be infantry, do all the HUA stuff, get my uh, boots dirty and all that. And then he told me the to pay for an E1. And I was like, yeah, um, and then we're trying to brainstorm. And then I told him that I have my CDL and he's like, well, we have a program where you can go on his need for, and I was like, what's that pay look like? And then that was the stupidest thing I could have done because like, no offense to 88 mics, which is truck driver in the army, but like, 
we are the most worthless MOS because the reason I know that is unless you're in a transportation unit hauling big things or whatever, like when I was in Afghanistan and I looked over at the other guys that were in the trucks drive, it was like a chemical specialist, a cook, a mechanic, and then me and a couple other actual truck drivers. So I'm like, this, come on, what are we doing here? But yeah, that's, um, that's what I was in the army. Yeah. It is, it is crazy in the, cause I had, uh, driving licenses. I had a Matt V MRAP license, Humvee, uh, had driven a seven ton. And like, that's the thing. It's like when you get to the fleet in the Marines, like they'll, they always send like younger enlisted guys to go get their Humvee off the rip for field ops. But we had, I was an arty guy. So, I mean, we had a whole motor T unit cause the, the guns are, are towed, like the howitzers are towed. And it's just like, but you, there's not enough motor T guys to, to be divvied up and sent to artillery units. So that's why, like guys like me would get the hum, their Humvee license and like junior enlisted will get, will get it because there's just not enough like driver that the Marine Corps, I guess, just can't justify, you know, absolutely outfitting a unit with drivers for every vehicle for a field op. It just doesn't seem like, it seems like too cumbersome, but that is, that, that is funny to think in the army. It's the same thing. Like, yeah, you yeah. were a driver, but also so was somebody else with like a different MOS. So yeah, it's just like, sure. what's, it's like, what's the point of having it? But no, that's, that's that's cool that you at least were were an eighty eight Mike though. That's dope that you drove. Where where were you in Afghanistan? Where'd you go? We were at Fob Salerno, which was RC East. We were right on the Pakistan border. Ah, uh, okay. So you were you yeah. I was in I was in Helmand. Well, you were in a different. You were in the Warnak province. What province was that? Uh, that was the Coast Province. K H O S T. Oh, okay. Yeah. That yeah. That's freaking way way out. Yeah. I made the mistake, like I never lived this one down because I was like my first and only deployment. But uh, we were walking around. We got there in in January or whatever, and it was pretty warm, especially since we when we left Fort Knox, I believe it was like four degrees. But I asked one day, I was like, "Does it ever rain here?" Because everything was dust and dirt, and but we were surrounded by mountains. And then um, every time we'd have a monsoon, and all that would flood into our motor pool, like they would just be like, "Hey, Joe, does it ever rain here?" And so that was fun to never get to live down for a year. <laughs> yeah, no, it gets, it's, we got flooded in February in Elman. We had like a huge one. We had to like redo all the tents and everything like that. Yeah. It's warm during the day, but it would get cold at night in the winter, at, at least for where, where we were at that I remember, but that's, Dude, I, I had I, my only time I lived in Kentucky for three years. The only time I've seen a tornado was in Afghanistan. <laughs> it was, it was a baby one, but it was a tornado. <laughs> yeah. It was a little dust devil. No, dude, I've got, I've got it. it. Comes from the clouds. It's on a picture. I've got, got the whole thing. Oh hell yeah! Trust me, yeah. I, I loved clout. Remember, dude, the clout, clout is uh, like necessary, especially especially in truck, especially for trucking. Now you, you need that. You need clout because if you don't got clout, yeah. what else do you got? Yeah, I mean, like right now, Central Oregon Truck Company has changed their requirements for being hired on here. It's one year flatbed. Um, and also at least 10,000 followers on TikTok. So that's what we we require now. There's a central Oregon guy parked in this lot, lot, or at least he got fuel here earlier. I should hit him up, which speaking of central Oregon truck though. So like, and I, when Jesse came on, we talked about him. So you, you've left there three times and you said it. I've left there twice, twice, but which means you had to come back three. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I should have I should have done that simple math. But you said it no fault of their own. And one thing yeah. I always like to highlight on the show is good companies. And from what I see, Central Oregon Truck Company 
seems like an awesome carrier to to work for. So yeah, what's it what's it been like working for him? You started in July 2019. What do you you know? Where have you been? What do you haul? What do you do? Yeah, what are you doing with them? Um, so they are full disclosure. It's the only over the road company I've worked for. Only flatbed outfit I've worked for. So this is very limited experience, obviously. Um, but also it's the only company I will work for. Like I won't go over the road anywhere else um, where I won't flat because they're they'll have like we'll have problems just like anybody else, but. I think what sets them apart is how how much work and effort and time they will put into making a wrong right. Like if or if, if something happens unforeseen, they will do everything in their power to make it um, make make whatever needs to happen happen for the driver. Like if if you have a family member that is sick or in a hospital or you need to get home for any reason, especially if it's an emergency, they'll tell you to park that truck at the truck stop and they'll fly you home. You know what I mean? So. Just that's the stuff that I've noticed is is um, we're not. I know it's cliche, but like you're just a number or whatever. You're not a number. You're you're whatever. Um, they do because when we call in to the office, our picture and our name, our profile pops up on their computer. So like they do, they know who we're who they're talking to. And so like when I call nine times out of ten, they're just like, "Hey Joe, what, what you got going on or whatever." But um, I think that for me is just. And this is from someone that I didn't have any experience in this field, in this industry at all. And so they basically made me into whatever I am now, whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But I feel like I've, I've been at least a little successful. And so I owe all that to them, you know, their, their patience, their willingness to, to like, if I make a mistake, it's nothing like you're one more of those and you're fired kind of deal. It's always just like, Hey, you know, you did this. Now we just got to work on that and get better and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I don't know. It's just, it's one of those places where, and I don't know if, if you've dealt with people like this, but anytime I hear somebody complaining about central Oregon truck company and, and they try to tell me like, that's a terrible place to work. Usually these are online comments. Those are the guys that I, guys and gals that I know did not do it the right way. Like they didn't get up, they didn't leave on time. They didn't make deliveries on time. They didn't, they didn't follow the rules, that kind of deal. So you kind of out yourself if you talk a bunch of shit about Central Oregon, um, because I'm just like, I, I've been with these, I say I've been here for four years, just because like I, when I started in 2019, I worked until like, I think October, I got all mentally flustered and everything, missed home, all that stuff. Oh no, I worked out December that first time, right before Christmas, and then went back to Coke, hated it immediately, wanted to come back. And then right before the pandemic is when I started the second time. So I don't know how you felt about pandemic trucking, but that was like, looking back, that was actually not bad. I mean, I, I kind of low key had a great time during the no, pandemic. No trucking. traffic, no traffic. No, Yeah. No traffic. And we didn't have to go into the shippers to talk to, we just call them and then they tell us where to go. It was awesome. But, um, um, and then I think I had a, a mini blow up with one of the dispatchers, which kind of led me to go back to waste management in Spokane, hated that because I I made all the wrong choices about what what line of uh, business to go into that with the waste management as far as like um, I was a relief driver there, which I was never in the same truck, never on the same route. It was always confusing. I was always mad, frustrated and all that. So I did that for about another seven or eight months, I think eight months. And then and at that time, uh, so this is how we can seg segue the orientation on Monday deal, how that started. On my second tour of duty, 
Jesse was on the road with me and me and Jesse Barrymore are like best friends out here. Like we talk to each other every day for, hours. I don't know how, but for hours, we will talk every single day just about. And, um, and he was my roommate, my first orientation. So like he was the first face I saw pretty much from central or, or you know, central Oregon related or whatever. So, um, so when I quit the first time, it like he was devastated. And then the second time he did the worst thing you could ever think of. And that's, he took a position in the office as a recruiter, which I was like, I, I cried for three days straight, dude. I was like, what are you doing? I've, I've never been like heartbroken over a girl like that before, but there was something like, I just felt like he had ripped my heart out and then stomped on it. And then, put on a headset and sat in a rolly chair and start just wheeled right over that thing all over the place. But anyways, so once he went to the office, I kind of started having wandering eyes. Like, do I want to do this? There's nobody to talk to like everybody sucks. And so I went and worked for, went back and worked for waste management. And um, <laughs> while I was working at waste management, he would call me periodically and I'd be like, you know, how's it going? And he'd be like, Oh no, this is the best. I love taking a huge pay cut and having to talk to scumbag drivers all day. And then, uh, he'd be like, so how's it going there? And I'm like, Oh, I love it. You know? And then a few weeks of that, or like every, about once a week, he would call me and ask me. And then sometimes I just text and be like, you know, fuck this place. I hate it here. This sucks. All that. Are we allowed to cuss here? Um, Oh yeah. Free speech zone, man. Nice dude. Um, so I'd be like, I hate this place. And he'd be like, well, you know, we got, uh, we got an orientation on Monday and I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm not coming back, man. I'm never coming back. This, this is fine. And so it just kind of kept going for, for a few months. And then, you know, I'd call in and be, or I call him and be like, yeah, this, this happened to me today. I almost threw away a homeless guy and blah, blah, blah. And he'd be like, so Monday. And I'd be like, no, dude. And then he finally, he told me he was going back to trucking and dude, I was like, I'll see you next Monday, bro. <laughs> like sign me up. I couldn't wait to get back down to Redmond, Oregon for the old, uh, 6 AM breakfast on Monday. It makes, it makes me want to go. And I've told Jesse that before. I'm like, man, if I didn't like, if I, yeah, if I never got this truck and I, and just like, I still find you guys as organically as I did, as I did, I would have. Yeah. And I even had a conversation with somebody at Central Oregon who said that, who, cause I asked him, I was like, is there any way I'd be able to get back to Texas? Like at either, either weekly or sometimes every other week. And he was like, uh -huh. we could, we, he's like, we could definitely make that happen. We can do that. The only negative stuff I heard is one kid told me, that he um, he just thinks they've gotten too big. He's like, oh, I think they've gotten a little too big, and and maybe they're and they're a little, a little bit busier. So maybe he had like some communication issues and was just like, ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. But dude, it's a testament to what I've said in this because I've talked about this on the show plenty of times. The local jobs, like the Coca Cola's, the beverage distributions, like like they you know they sit like they they justify being home every day to paying you less and like mm -hmm. work and working you to the fucking bone. Oh, dude, that's my number one comeback for people when they're like, usually it's comments, you know, on these videos. And I don't even get that many, but the ones that I see usually trigger me immediately. Um, but they're just like, I make the same, same thing you make and I'm home every night. And I'm like, dude, I can be, I can be home every night if I want to starting tomorrow, probably like when I was going home. A, my back hurt, my knees hurt. I was mad. Like I, the only days I enjoyed would be like Friday from the time I got home on Friday until about Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And then I'd get the Sunday scaries from there on, you know, like 
here comes Monday again, and this is going to suck. Not to mention, like, my the, – the day cab stuff I was doing was, like, route-based. You know what I mean? So it's like my brain just cannot handle the same routine over and over. Like, this is perfect for me to be all over the place at any given time, even though I'll go through – just like any truck driver, I'm sure – you go through your ups and downs and your, your emotional deals there. But uh, this is exactly what I need to keep my brain stimulated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it's, it, it's a lot. To, I remember that was one of our CDL instructors even said that he's like, you know, a lot of guys after three months, they come off OTR and he goes, they end up going regional or local and like they get on these dedicated runs and yeah, the monotony will literally mm. fucking kill you. Like the, the monotony yeah. of like, having to go to the same places like yeah especially the beverage distribution where yeah you you're unloading all those and it's like you know you're, you're done with work when you unloaded the trailer but it takes you you know yeah. you it takes your whole 14 to do it then you got to get back to the place and then you got to drive home yeah and it's like yeah it's it's backbreaking work whereas yeah out here otr otr has its dilemmas parking but you know for like parking is a huge dilemma but at the end of the day like I don't need to, like, I don't have the Sunday scaries. I know, like, I'm going to go pick up 20 minutes, 20 minutes away in Heston, yeah. in, in, in Heston, Kansas. I'm going to, I'm going to get this load chained down. And I'm just going to start driving south. And it's just yeah. like, and it's on my own clock as opposed to, yeah. And then after I drop this off in Laredo, like, I'm kind of like, I have this eagerness of, man, can't wait to see what's next. Like, what, what are my next load offers going to be? Like, what, what do they got? Where's it going? X, you know, XYZ. Like, there is, like, that, that, that like that unknown is always is like a perk of the job i think yeah for sure um i'm with you i'm not this is like i think the only job like when i do go home which doing this it's kind of cool because i basically get a week of vacation every month if i want it um but when it's time to to go back out on the road i don't like i don't get that feeling of like being stuck in a cage how i did when i was with either coca-cola or waste management where it's like you know, you work here one year, then you get one week of vacation, two two weeks. Like, get out of here, man. Like, I, I don't even want to – when I come back off of vacation when I worked for Coca-Cola, I didn't want to live anymore. It's like, just take me out, please. You know what I'm no, saying? It, dude, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I harp on, that I'm, I'm going to the CDL Life Summit in Kansas City uh, in August. Okay. And there's a lot of – there's going to be a lot of, like, carriers there. And this, the guys from the show, Sense Per Mile, will, will be there, too, good, good friends of mine. And – uh they like that's one of the biggest things I'm going to be talking about is like the pay and benefit structures at a lot of these companies, especially the local ones. Like, what? Like, I know people who work at companies wherever they may be. And they started off for three weeks, and then after two years, they got four, something like that. And just the idea, just the work, yeah. Like, like I said, like one dude, one year you get one week of PTO, and then that one week isn't even based off of like a weekly schedule. It's like based off of like uh, forty hours work, so it's it's even less. It's dude, it's like it's an absolute joke. So, I, so I'm, I'm with you there, but man, it's, is it like, and that's what those local jobs do to guys. They have even worse turnover than, 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 you know, the, the regular carriers, but you know, you find yourself with central Oregon, you said that they've made, made you who you are and, and let's, and I, and you know, you talk about who you are. When did, when did Joe Seppi really start to take off? What, yeah, what got you? Because you know you've got a you got a big following on you got a nice growing following on Twitter. You got a lot. It pops. You guys have an awesome Facebook group community and on TikTok. You know you're very you know you're very well known. How did that happen? What what? I know you love the clout, but there must yeah. be a storyline. Uh, I the storyline's probably kind of weird, but like I. Uh, so Twitter was my first love. 
of the internet. And um, I guess I, I sort of started growing there maybe 29. Actually, it's was, it was similar to when I started trucking, really, because I had a, a different friend named Jesse that that me and him actually have. We joke we have a podcast. We haven't had an episode in like two years or something, but we ha- we started doing a little podcast. We call it sports, but it, there was nothing hardly sports about it. We talked about like the, the Great Wall of China for an hour one time. But anyways, so he he really hyped me up to a lot of his because he was kind of growing the same or he was growing faster than me at that time on Twitter. And he would kind of just every once in a while just be like, hey, you guys need to follow Joe. He's funny, dude, blah, blah, blah. So I just slowly started growing on Twitter. And then um, and I got a decent following or whatever you want to call it on there. And it's mostly like baseball fans or sports fans, but I'm I'm kind of like entrenched in the baseball, the Major League Baseball like community, if you want to call it. They call, we just call it MLB Twitter, baseball Twitter or whatever. But uh, once TikTok came along, I didn't even know what to think about it at first. I, I kind of I signed up for it and then just like, I don't know, I tried to feel for what it was about. And I didn't know if it was for me because it's like, they're they're saying that's built for 30 second attention spans and i'm like my stuff is way not way more than 30 seconds you know so i would try to do the little trends and the whatever no no dances but just like the little lip sync things and nothing really ever came of that but then jesse came along i i kind of i will take credit for him actually i talked him into doing it into getting the tiktok and then i was trying to explain to him how tiktok works i'm like hey just kind of got to keep it short but you're funny but you, you can do it. You just got to, you know, cut it down because this dude, you know, is a storyteller and uh, nothing is quick and easy with him. But so he, he started doing his TikToks. And then I'm like, like, I was literally when he started doing them where he he'd take like whatever the full two minutes or whatever the old version was where you could only I think it was only two minutes or three minutes, maybe. And he would take up the whole time. And I'm like, that's not how I do it kind of deal. And so uh but he credit to him, man. He just kept doing it, and then he started to grow pretty good. And I'm sitting here like, man, a little jealous. Like I was proud, but also like, I want it. Like I want that, you know. And so, um, he started growing and growing, and then the it was so weird. We were actually running together, and I I started getting a decent. I would just kind of latch on to him, and I'd get some of his followers to. I started interacting with them. And then we kind of had a little, you know, the trucker TikTok kind of deal. And, um, but nothing too crazy. And then me and him were on a run out to Ohio last, it was right after Labor Day. We left my house going to Ohio. And I think we were in Minnesota. And one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. Cause, okay, let me back up. In the pandemic days, like 2020, I want to say, me and him tried to do the YouTube thing, the vlogging. And we like to joke and call that the Steve Packer days. Because we would make our YouTubes and these things, like, I can't even go back and watch them. They're so, like, so poorly edited. They take forever. Uh, it's, it's like me talking right now, stumbling over my words, everything like that. And so, but there was this one guy named Steve Packer that would comment on both of our videos every single day. It was awesome. So we just called it the Steve Packer days. But we tried the daily vlog type of deal. I'd, I'd be super excited if I got, like, 40 views, you know, kind of deal. Um. And so I thought, so back to when we were running over to Ohio together, we, we started in Minnesota one day. I was like, I want to try to do like some kind of vlog format and just see how it goes. But it was intended for Twitter because I didn't hardly have any followers on TikTok. So I thought maybe Twitter would get a kick out of it. 
And so I did it on Twitter that first day and it, and it got a pretty good reaction. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then I, I did another one and it got like half the reaction interactions. And then the next one was just dead on arrival. Nobody gave a flying shit about it. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, damn. So then I, I put it on TikTok and it did pretty good. Like for what my videos were doing, it, it did like decent numbers. And so I was like, okay, let me just, and Jesse was always in my ear. Like, you got to be consistent. You got to post every day. Just, you know, stick with it kind of deal. And, and my first few, few videos did pretty good. And then I just kind of kept going. And then, and I was just doing them every day. And I kind of was doing a, some for, for attention, obviously, but a lot of it is for me to, I can look back on, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a diary for me to be like, oh, dude, because it, it'll bring back all the memories I had. Cause I can feel like, watch watch an old video and be like i'll be right back in that place i can remember what i felt like if i was anxious if i was whatever and so i was doing it for that reason as well but there's just this one video i was doing a reset in billings montana and i think the video was like me doing my laundry i replaced an air filter under underneath the bunk and i made eggs or something like that and i woke up to like an insane amount of notifications. I think I went over like the 10,000 follower mark. I think I'd started that day at four. And so I'd gained like just so much, so much attention off after that video. And then almost every video after that, it was just like all the, the comments and the reactions were just like, you know, I love your videos. This is awesome. Keep it up, blah, blah, blah. And then some of them were funny too, where they're like, I have no idea why I'm watching a guy just do his job, like his normal job, but I, like, I can't stop watching kind of deal. And I was just like, dang. And then Jesse was always there in my ear, like, dude, these videos are awesome. Like, keep going, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know, man. It's just, I owe everything to the people that watch these videos because they started out, like I said, for Twitter. And on Twitter, you can only do, or at least back in before Elon, you could do two minutes and 20 seconds. So I was trying to keep everything short and compact. And then, you know, once I realized that Twitter didn't care about it anymore, I, I just strictly went to TikTok, and then I'd cross, I would cross post it to YouTube because my mom doesn't doesn't do TikTok, but she would always ask me like, "Where are you at? What are you, you know, what are you doing?" Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Here, just watch this video." And then, um, so I was cross posting them on those. Gave up on the Twitter thing, and then every once in a while, I joke about, you know, I, "Do not tempt me. I will make these videos longer." And I would get like so many comments and be like, "Dude, make them 20 minutes. We don't care." And I'm like, "Dude, stop!" Like. That is enabling. Okay. Do not do that because I might, <laughs> I might try 20 minutes, but um, no, dude, like, I don't know if you ever, if you ever look in the comment section, of one of my videos, it is a straight up vibe, man. They all pass the most of them do. And the guy, the ones that don't like, they will get buried by, I call them my internet moms. Like they will get buried immediately. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like an online, it's like an online family, you know, like I've, I feel like every, these, all these people are riding with me and it's nothing, it's nothing crazy to where like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm in danger. I'm, I'm being threatened or anything like that. It's like, I, I try to keep on purpose. I try to keep it pretty, I don't know about wholesome, but like uh, G rated ish, you know, maybe PG, but because I get a lot of comments too. They're like, you know, my eight year old son or my 10 year old loves your videos, blah, blah, blah. So I try to keep that in mind, but I mean, I'll still get off the, that's what she said jokes, you know, and all that. But, um, it's just, it's awesome to see how many people are watching from all the different areas of the world, dude. Like I get, like this morning, there's a guy from, from Denmark that was like, I just binged all your videos and now I want to get my CDL and, and move to the States from Denmark or whatever. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, come on with it. And then, 
you know, it'll be, or the ones that I, that I love the most are like a 58 year old lady that lives in somewhere in Arkansas. And she's like, I have nothing to do with trucking, but for some reason I like watching your videos every night before I go to bed. So thank you. And I'm just like, no man, like, thank you for like, taking, taking time out of your day to, to watch this nonsense. But yeah, that's kind of your comment section. So for, yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with Giuseppe, which after this, you definitely got to go follow him. Uh, and if you don't have TikTok, you know, I mean, that's your prerogative. Like, like I've said before, I know it's melting children's brains, but you know, if you use it the right way, uh, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's definitely provides some good entertainment, but you, his, his videos essentially just sum up his day or, or, or just a short time period, but like you're, you're, and, and it's just the, the quips you have, but what's just as entertaining as, uh, your video is the comment section. Like yeah. is the, the comments people proceed to leave, uh, under your videos. And I think that yeah. the, and, and, and I call these people, the one more guys who they always, and, and they, they, because they know like people in the trucking industry now, they know so much about central Oregon truck because of, of like guys like you and Jesse is guys will, they're only trolling in these comments, but they'll be like, how many miles did you do today? Going 64.5 <laughs> miles per hour. Cause they know, cause they know your trucks are governed and, the, and like the they've, and they've played in, I like, and your fans have played in on the initial like hate you would get or like the, the shit talking where they play into like, yeah. you know, what it's like into going slow. And yeah, the, the comment section itself, it, it makes for, for quality content. And it goes along with like how powerful personal branding is like, you know, you, you mentioned becoming a Mets fan. You were a young kid who's easily influenced is like the, yeah. the, the words you use. And when it comes to like what, we can do as like people and as like people who make shows and podcasts like there's a there's a brand out there that people there's a demand for 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 people's personal branding like people like sports teams because it brand you know it's like it represents my city or it's like you remember a really good time in your life but like you're somebody who when people watch your videos they it change changes their whole day around like they're cracking a smile because of it. And it's like, I think that that is like some of some powerful stuff. And the people from Denmark, I had a guy a couple of weeks ago, he's from Ireland. And he's like, Hey man, I, I, I found your show. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, he's like some 50 something year old guy from Ireland. And he said like, somehow my podcast showed up for him. It's like, and it just popped up. And even the, the video I made with Jesse that to promote the episode I did with him that got, you know, 750,000 views. A lot like the, those are the best comments of, I don't know why this is on my newsfeed. Like yeah. it, it, they'd be like, I'm into crafts and this, and this <laughs> popped up and this popped up on my feed. So it's like, yeah. yeah, I know the algorithm's lethal, but it's like, but from our corner of the internet, I don't know. I think it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I, every day, every time I wake up and I look out, there's like some bag, it's got like Coke zeros and donuts and stuff like that. And then some maniac, in Oklahoma, oh, I got to give him a shout out. C C W there, C W Martin. He um, he left me like his old fishing cooler, just stuffed with Coke Zeros and ice, and then like gloves and all kinds. Of stuff. I'm just like, I, I guess in my brain, I'm like, how do I repay this individual immediately? But like, another part of me has to accept that like that's what they want to do is like to show, I guess, appreciation for whatever, whatever it is that I'm bringing to their day or their what you know whatever their situation is. It's like, I guess I just got to accept that, but I'm, it's gotten a little easier for me uh, to grift these people, which I was accused of uh, in another comment section is, is a great bit now. Um, 
because that's the other thing about me. <laughs> the people that leave comments regularly in my videos is when I mention like one thing, especially if it's just me trying to be petty, they will latch onto it and then just like it'll be there forever. Like I think it's been about two or three months now that I just in one video I jokingly said you guys keep forgetting to remind me about washer fluid because my washer fluid was super low. And now every single video is did you check your washer fluid? Like I've get at least five or six comments every video. So it's just stuff like that. that I, and and I guess where I feel like sometimes I don't do a great job is trying to express how appreciative I am of them because like I know that it can take like it takes a lot to get somebody's attention span, but to keep it for like six or seven minutes or whatever these videos end up being, like I understand that, you know what I mean? So for them to take that time out of their their day to, to actually watch my stuff is is pretty cool. And like I don't think I'd be ever be able to repay them. You know, like I, I feel like I should, but it just, I don't know. These, I do feel like these people are kind of are pretty close to family, you know, just especially the ones that comment all the time. Like I, I've had guys show, show up. There was a guy actually in North Dakota a few weeks back that brought me some pulled pork and like fried rice he'd done on the grill. And he's like, anytime you're in Valley City, if you're stuck here in a blizzard, like we do snowmobiling and all this other stuff, I'll pick you up, man. Don't, don't even, don't even hesitate to ask. And it's just like, dang, man, it's just, it's just cool. And then, I was home one time and me and my wife were walking into a grocery store and this lady was walking out and she recognized me and she's, she's like, Oh, you know, watch your videos. And then she like her, her eyes started welling up and I was like, Oh, what's happening. And she's like, my dad was a truck driver for, you know, 30 years and, and your videos, blah, blah, blah. Just make, you know, make me miss them and, and, and give me a lot of good memories because I wrote, and it's just stuff like that. that you, you have no idea sometimes the impact you can have on somebody. So I try to generally be a good person just because, especially, I guess now that I never know who's watching me, like what, with whatever attention that I'm getting, but um, it, it's just, it's something that you don't know who you can affect and have a, have a positive influence on somebody just by being you, you know, having a personality, not being a jerk, stuff like that. So I, I try to take that as serious as I can being a clown, but. Um, but then again, like, shoot, I'm not going to lie, man. The last two days, I guess that's another thing in my videos that people appreciate because I, I see the comments where the last couple of days have been a struggle, like mentally and just like sleep deprivation wise. And I'm just like, this is, this is me. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, man. Like when you see me and I, I look like dog shit is because I, I feel like dog shit, you know, and I, I'm not going to fake a smile and I'm not going to be like, oh, today was awesome. Even though the wind blew my tarp off this load three times and you know i've got sweat and sand and dirt everywhere and whatever else but i think they appreciate just me trying to be as real as possible for the internet you know so like i'm not going to ever show my piss jug that's directly underneath this floor right now because i try to keep it professional you know yeah no where do you keep your piss jug uh i got two gatorade bottles actually like right just like right in front they're off they're off camera too yeah i got two two you got to get those wide mouth gatorade bottles those are the money makers. To, yeah. well you do yeah. i don't i i can use this 16.9 ounce water bottles are fine for me <laughs> no, dude it's you're true to true to point on being being authentic i i try to be as authentic as possible too i i probably don't show i mean i i actually i show the thing is i let out like when i make my running videos <laughs> Oh, dude. Can I can I stop you real quick? Every single one of those videos, like it, it actually sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night 
and just as a reflex and I'll grab my phone and I'll, I'll click on and I'll check the notifications. And a lot of times your video will be like first, some will be the first thing to pop up and I'll watch it. And then I'll just be like super motivated for no reason at 1:43 AM. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're telling me I got to like seize the day and the wind is blowing through your mullet and you're just like, you're yelling at me and you're running. And I'm like, how is he running? And I can't even go for a walk and like not be out of breath. Like this maniac is just sitting here. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. I just got to say, I love those videos, dude. dude I'm, I'm sorry that they hit you at the wrong time. Yeah. When you're trying to go, when you're trying to go to bed, you want to run through a fucking wall. Yeah, but that, that's kind of where I like led out some of like my, like, because yeah, it's been like since, cause I got backed into back in, you know, uh, May and, you know, I was down for a little bit. And then even, even then since I've been back out and it's just like, you would think in a normal market, you know, things would turn around. It's just, and since I've been back out yeah, it's been just like, cause I'm trying to work on all this different stuff with fitness certifications. And since I've been back out yeah, it's like, it's been hot as shit. Like, uh, you know, the, me getting back to the Midwest has been like a pain in the ass. And it's like, I let, I let a lot of that, uh, like, and so, and that's just how I kind of recalibrate myself. It's like, I dig deep, you know, realize it sucks. And then I want to put back, and then I put that energy back out there w- within those videos about like essentially turning bad shit around. That's kind of how I do it. I'm a little bit more, there's a little bit more of my like authenticity and probably emotion on Instagram for me. Instagram oh. is definitely is that because of, because of stories, like Instagram stories are just like, you can talk to the camera more and people throughout their day, just like see how your day's going. So that's where I think Instagram has those perks, but no, that I, that's another thing that's what's best about, I, I really think that's what took your brand off is yeah, you are kind of G rated, like where it's just your day, you go through your pre-trip. Yeah. Your language isn't as crass as maybe my, as maybe mine is, but also like the authenticity, I think you show there's a lot of drivers out there because, well, I mean, that's one of the biggest things I, that, you know, I went on, national news to, to talk to talk about grifters you're not you're not a i know it's funny you say you're a grifter <laughs> but and people think you're a grifter because you're getting free coke zeros but it, i like there's a lot of truckers who like to purport who on tiktok that they're that their life is the shit that they make all this money they get all the miles in the world like they drive this truck like there there are a lot of like people who who, tw- who, t- who twist and try to make the industry like look at what it isn't like it and uh, like all the time and there's a lot of drivers and you can pick them out like you could pick them out but to people who don't know much about trucking they can't pick that shit out mm-hmm. but that's the thing like when they see when they see guys like you and, and jesse and and bethany uh who, yeah. who like when they see like people like you actually authentically engage with people too and have the conversation it's just like it's a it's a it's a nothing but win it's a, it's a it's a it's a non-losing scenario for for what you got going on. Yeah, and that's another credit to Central Oregon because they they have never tried to muffle me at all. Like they've never told me, "Hey, relax, you can't say that. Don't do this. Like be careful." But it's only ever been you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Like um, we we see what you're doing and it's awesome and we're getting a lot of positive feedback from drivers that come in to apply and because like the what I was trying to, once me and Jesse kind of realized where this could go, we, we joined forces, which is why we got him. Like I kind of tricked him into doing the same kind of logo that I've got um, because I want us to be like a team, you know what I mean? And, and so like, we do get a referral bonus for, for getting referrals, but we split everything now. Like we are married here. And so, um, so with that, like I was, 
where was I going with this? Um, oh, Central Oregon, just like you guys are doing great. Like, just keep keep it up. There was one, there was one shipper that apparently I got snitched on for not using the dog leash while I was tarping, and they didn't like that, so I had to remove that video. But um, and then even even with that, Central Oregon was like. They're like, yeah, it was just some some other jealous driver, but you're doing fine. Don't stop anything what you're doing. Just keep keep it up. Like you're doing great. So like, I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have any of this opportunity if I didn't have a company that completely had my back 100. percent Like even when we talk shit about Trent, like Jesse moved his uh, his desk into the bathroom after trying to get me to swap trailers one time. Matt Ellsworth like helped him, and Matt he's like the. Uh, was he some fancy big shot guy in the office there? He helped Jesse move Trent's desk into the bathroom. You know what I mean? So it's like they they know when they can have a good time in there at the same time as keeping it professional and like keeping the, the company to be profitable and everything. So yeah, man, this place rules. It's it uh I'm I'm glad you're talking about because like all I do is land bass against like ETA and their affiliated carriers and, and we need to highlight the actual good jobs in the industry because it's really it's the only it's the only carrier I can think of where like when you think of a conventional uh, workplace that somebody works in, like where you engage and interact with your coworkers. Like the yeah. um, when I was at when I was at Pam Transport, like I would, uh, you know, I would try to give Pam Pam drivers a holler on the CB. They don't got fucking CB radios. And like, you know, you, you don't engage like you never engaged with. You know, the, the corporate like the HQ would have like a, a barbecue every year, but it's like. Pam is so big, it's hard to get like actual drivers there. So it's like yeah. uh, other, you know, but then I got to work for a smaller carrier, which only has like 25 trucks and you'll get that more. But for Central Oregon's kind of a bigger outfit. You guys, I think, how many, how many, how many tractors are, are over there? Oh man, I think the last I heard we were like 370, maybe I yeah. might be way off, but it's, it's somewhere in the, the mid to upper threes. And I, I know we're growing. Cause like, I know my fleet alone, I think this time last year, there was like 92 in the all 48 part of the fleet. And, um, and I think last time I checked the app, I want to say we were at like 180 something. So, I mean, just my fleet alone of the all 48, cause we have like all 48 Western 11 and then like dedicated, um, maxi fleet and so on. But yeah, we're definitely growing. I mean, I, they can't like Kenworth can't even keep up with the trucks that they're supposed to be giving us. So yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's, it's awesome. It, yeah, your engagement as a company, like with like just the fact that you guys have that sort of relationship with the people who work at the office, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a testament and I think should be kind of like a wake up call to other carriers out there. It's like employee engagement is like goes a long way. And I'm not talking about just having like it's like people will be like, oh, yeah, you need to have a pizza party on Fridays. And it's like, no, it's like actually having a relationship and like a, a it's not so much. And what's crazy is because I'm looking at it from the idea of being a contractor for a carrier with, with owning a truck, but carriers need to look at their relationships sometimes with drivers as business partnerships because the drivers are who drive their, their business and who drive their revenue. Yeah. And I've, I've always had the mentality that, you know, it starts with, with leadership and good leadership on, in any line of work, really, even if from the civilian side and especially the military side, but it's like, if you have a leader that's willing to get down in it with you and show you they'll, they're willing to do whatever you have to do. I don't know about you, but it, it, it motivates me and I will work. When I say harder, but I will, my, my mentality will, will be a lot better where I'm not, I'm not just like, screw this guy. You know, it's like, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick ass today because they're, 
I know if they were in my position, they'd be doing the same thing. Or if they had the opportunity to help in any way, they would kind of deal. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but yeah, like, and it's you know that they paid their dues. It's like it's it's like, exactly yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and so like our our president right now, Luke Williams, who's the son of the founder of this company, he was like cooking his breakfast. Well, my very me and Jesse's orientation four years ago, he was cooking his breakfast because I think the cook was out that week. So it's like him and. And some of the other upper office personnel were, were like in charge of the grill. It was, I, I was very confused when I walked in there and, or, you know, realized who they were and what they were doing. I'm like, dang. But it's just that's kind of the tone they set there is like nobody is, is too big to do the whatever job is required. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, you I uh, I know we're going on time here, but, you know, you mentioned the leadership and everything like that. You're you had a video that uh you know good friend of the show uh Dooner had put on what the truck of your tarping capabilities you know rumor has it you could be the best flat bedding tarper possibly in the market and yeah. it, in this and so this came from central oregon what yeah what's the method behind your tarping skills magic because i'm assuming because every time i'm chaining down a load i don't really ta- yeah. i don't really tarp here but every time i'm chaining down a load I like look back and I think, and I, in the back of my head, I'm like, I bet you that's not how he'd do it. Cause I, cause I think about that because I yeah. think, because that's, because I've gotten that before I was chaining down a tractor at uh, ILS in Waterloo, Iowa. And this other guy in his like fifties, he's like, nah, I would, I wouldn't put that chain there. <laughs> Dude, was, the, um, That's so funny. The, the, that's not how I do it started when I was, I told Jesse, like I would, because when he, he got a lot bigger, a lot faster than I did. Like he took off way before me. And so I liked going through his comments because, you know, most of his videos would be him tarping his load or working his load some kind of way. And he'd always throw every single strap he could because he's a, like an alcoholic, but for strappers. And so he's, he's doing all this nonsense. And then like all the comments would just be all the time. Like, Basically, that's not how I do it. So I wanted to do a video where he did just something mundane and it was in my kitchen. I think it was just him pouring a drink. And then I just like said, that's not how I do it. And then that's how that took off. But um, yeah, dude, I love the internet. I love the comment section. And I love people because we like it or not, you do need those people that they haters, as they are called, and that always want to make sure you know that you suck at this and that they rule, even though they have no like content to back that up. Uh, it's very important to the ecosystem that is the clout grifting. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm a big fan of the the negative comments. I love I love engaging with them. They're <laughs> they're they're definitely the best. Yeah, you know, we actually have a a live commenter, and this helps because so your your tarping abilities because you you seem to tarp a lot. How many loads do you think you tarp at Central Oregon? Cool. Jesse did a breakdown one time, and I think his is probably pretty accurate. Maybe sixty percent of our loads are tarped. Like right now I'm on a load that's not tarped. Uh, two loads ago, I was on a no tarp load. So I'm like over the last two weeks, 50%. So um, it's not as much. I know a lot of people think we tarp every load, which always cracks me up to get these comments. When I I tarp a load right after being on a, a load that was not tarped for like four or five days, clearly in all the videos. And then the comment will be like, why do you guys tarp everything? And I'm just like, my God, man, I even had a time where I think I had three straight, no tarp loads. I get a load that I had to tarp. And then they're just like, why are you tarping that? Why are you tarp everything? And I'm like, okay, that's totally fine. Like, <laughs> um, because I love tarping. And if I could tarp everything, I would. 
Yeah, no, that's good. That I like that work, dude. The calories out. I'm all about calorie expenditure. Yes. And so, yes, yeah, tar- tarping makes the uh, the the world tarping makes the world go around. Now you've got uh, but you've got a whole method behind it. How many tarps do you normally use? You use two or three, and they're a hundred pounds, two. right? Uh, so I've got two sets of tarps. One, the one set is nine footers that we use normally for like lumber, taller loads, and then the shorter ones are six foot. Those are about a hundred pounds. I think the nine footers are about a hundred. Somebody made or weighed them a while back. They're like 140 pounds. Um, but yeah, we just used two. I think there's been one time that I had a 50 and they're 26 by 26. So theoretically they can cover 52 foot load. But I think one time I had to haul a 53 foot load that I had to throw a third, like one of my six footers in the middle anyway. But um, my method has just been developed over screwing up like a lot over three or four years. Like I'm still still to this day I'll, I'll i'll do something slightly different and i'll be like wow that's way better and it's just been that kind of process and then trying to learn from and to be honest a lot of my stuff i've, I've learned from jesse because that guy is like so intuitive and like innovative i think is what i was trying to go for originally there innovative and he can adapt to any kind of shitty situation whereas me i just want to pout and throw things and cuss that's my initial reaction to mm-hmm. adversity um, where he's like a problem solver. And so just watching him and I'll talk to him and I'll be like, Hey, I've got this load that sucks. Like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, I'll oh, we'll do this, this, and this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be like, Oh, okay, cool. And then just little things that I've learned from other drivers. Like we got a guy, Adam, that me and Jesse were loading with in Idaho. And he just some simple thing, like a paint roller in the stake pocket to, to keep the tarps back while you're pinning down your back flap, just stuff like that, that you just pick up and, and keep with you. And you're like, man, this, this job is way easier now. Cause I, dude, me and Jesse like to joke about our first tarp jobs ever. And, and my, mine was, so my very first tarp job, I got assistance. So I don't really count that. My second one was funny, funny enough at a shingle place in Minnesota. And this guy loads me and then, I start throwing my nine foot tarps over like a three and a half foot load or whatever it was. And then the forklift guy comes back over to me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm tarping this. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because my machine said I have to. And he's like, I've literally loaded the same thing. Like on four of your guys' trucks this week and none of them have tarped it. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a new guy test or what, but I think I just have to tarp. I, I was so stupid. I didn't even call anybody to be like, does this need to be tarped? Do roofing shingles need to be tarped in the middle of summertime? And uh, so that's how dumb I was. It was also 95 degrees or something with all the humidity that Minnesota likes to offer. And so I definitely had to get in the truck. Like I was just a chicken with my head cut off, running around the truck, didn't know which which way to start, what lines I needed to tie where. It was a, it was a disaster, but I eventually got it. And then I got it down to Iowa and the, and the guy said the same thing there. He's like, why is this tarped? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm really good at this. And he's like, well, you don't have any room to really untarp it here. Because all they had was like a driveway. And I was definitely blocking that. Cars were running over my tarp trying to get into the place. But um, starting from then, you just learn to, A, ask a lot of questions. And, B, if if you do something wrong, don't continue to do things wrong. Like, isn't that the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same thing over and over again that doesn't work. So, you just try to make a little adjustments. It's just, I mean, same thing. I'm sure with everything you do. I mean, you've you've made adjustments here or there to make your 
like that first summer I worked here, I lost so much weight because I was moving unnecessarily. And now I, I get fat as it's like a hundred degrees because I'm like, this is, I know the easy way now, you know? Um, yeah, I, I've definitely, I, I'm still learning. Yeah. Asking questions. I still send pictures to other drivers. Hey, how would you do this? Like asking questions yes. is something that's like very paramount. And it's like, yeah, at first I was like hell bent on not wanting to cut, cut chains or not want like, and wanting to do like, I was like, I want to do more with less where, you know, you'll like loop it around two axles and pull it, but it's just like, but then I started carrying different stuff and different air conditioning units and these combines now, and you got to use T hooks with the combines. And it's just like, really, all you really, you're not doing like a 20 foot chain. It's just taking up too much space. So it's like, I had to, you know, I had to cut chains. It's because like chains are fucking expensive. So I was like, I don't want to cut this. I want to, you know, I want to use it to the best ability, but you, you know, you got to like, you can use, you can use a chain that's only, this long sometimes because all it needs to do is hook to a T hook and the binder. And then you just yank it down and you, you realize like how much, like what you can do and that there's so many different ways. We, uh, we, we do have a question here from uh, a friend, a friend of ours from TikTok. He's got a question about oh. your, your, your hair. Oh, wow. Why is, why is Joe's hair so much worse than Jesse's? That is crazy. My barber might be watching this. He's definitely not. His name is Kino. And um, look, this is like a four-week grow-out right now or three-week grow-out, so I'm not going to really put it on display. But um, I take very great offense to that question. And I don't know, do you have the ability to block and report and also have somebody arrested on the Internet? Uh, let's see if I go to these buttons. I could put – I could uh, technically uh, – StreamYard gives me the ability to put this user in timeout, uh, which I, <laughs> I don't know what that does. It says, it says yeah. put user in timeout, or I can ban user and delete their comments. <laughs> Yeah, I want to delete their existence from the internet. That was very harsh and unfair. I also apologize to Kino right now. Yeah, Kino's a good guy. Uh, see, 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 he's, he's you're humoring him. And then uh, we also, so you mentioned shingles, you mentioned lumber. Uh, somebody, uh, we had another commenter in here. He's saying he was asking what uh, what kind of yeah what kind of loads you normally carry because I actually noticed Central Oregon recently you guys have some kind of stogas and I noticed one of your kind of stogas has like a is it a refri- a reefer unit on it it looks like it has like a like the front of it's white and it kind of like comes out a little bit on top I, I don't know if it's a chiller or no it's I think that's just a regular different type of kind of stoga I, I, it's got the door in the front where they walk like from the catwalk they can just open that door. Oh, and walk, walk into the load or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just a regular Conestoga. Uh, we haul basically whatever will fit in the dimensions of a 48-foot. I think we do have 53. Yeah, we have some 53-foot trailers. But, like, for me, it's anything that will fit on a 48-foot flatbed in the, inside the dimensions, keep it under 13.6 and whatever. What's the law? Three foot of overhang? Is that good that I'm asking you what's the law? I've been doing this for a while. I'm really good at this, by the way. It's totally fine. But, um, yeah, a lot of me, a lot of my stuff is lumber just because of, of where I live up in Spokane. I'm surrounded by lumber places. I don't think I've hauled anything besides lumber when I leave the house. And, um, but like, I, I love, I love doing flat steel, which is like, I don't know how you feel, but low and heavy is my jam. And, um, I think probably the coolest thing I've got to haul was like Boeing airplane wings. Like they prefabbed them in just South of St. Louis there. And I brought them back to the Northwest. So that was, and that was another thing where I had to tarp them. And, and there was another central Oregon guy there that he was like, I have no idea how to do this, but I'll, I'll help you so that I know how to do it on mine. And, and um, it goes back to how you're saying just, just helping each other out out here is, is pretty cool. Sometimes like this morning, 
this morning, um, there was a guy parked next to me. He, he had an oversized thing, and, and some of his wooden boxes had, like, shifted or broke or something. And me and the guy that's parked on my other side, another flatbedder, we were just, like, we were helping or we were helping this guy to, to try. I mean, I wasn't doing any help. I was just doing all the, the clout chasing, and, and those two were actually doing the real help. But uh, it's, it's cool to see guys cooperating and, and helping each other out, which all goes completely out the window when I'm trying to merge over at 65 miles an hour to, to get over, you know, when there's a disabled vehicle on the shoulder and nobody wants to let a 65-mile-an-hour turtle in the left lane for two seconds so he can pass. But we don't have to go there. Time constraints. Yeah, we yeah we don't have to we don't have to cross it. we don't have to cross those uh, the, those bridges. We know we know that those those dilemmas look like. That's why uh, that's why we're against speed limiters on on this uh, on this show. We talk about you know we talk about the FMCSA trying to lay down the speed limiters. Wait until yeah wait until people wait until everybody's uh, speed is oh, limited. Yeah, it's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a whole whole lot of fun go, going on interstates out there. But that's awesome. I was wondering. Which guys? Did. So, so Central Oregon. I'm assuming, yeah, you guys probably don't use brokers much. You guys kind of have like customers, regular customers. Yeah, I believe we have regular. See, and this is the thing. I don't know a whole lot about the internal works, but like, I'm I'm pretty sure Central Oregon like brokers their own freight. I think. Um, but, yeah, I've never had a problem waiting for a load. Even now, when the freight market is absolute trash. I have not had to wait. A lot of times I'll get a call and they'll be like, do you want this to this place? Or this? like, I'll have options. You know what I mean? So just an- another highlight of this company is just no matter how bad it gets for seemingly everyone else or most everybody else is, is they're able to keep, keep plugging away because they're so diversified. That's how they explained it to us. Anyways, they're so diversified that when the market goes bad, they're not beholden to one type of freight. Like we don't do just rebar. We don't do just lumber. It's like we can go to another, another place or commodity or whatever to, to ship so that we're not just sitting there stuck with our thumbs up our butt. No, that's yeah. That's a huge perk. I think it's right there on the website is that if you're waiting for a load longer than an hour, they, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're getting paid for it. And cause, and I, and I only bring that up because an earlier comment, somebody was asking about when, when they think we're going to see rates go up. And I personally, just from the logistics side of you and from who I talk to, it, it really doesn't look like rates will pick up overall until quarter two of next year, given that student loan payments will come back in in the fall, uh, which isn't going to really help demand. And I still think that the, the quote peak of the, the holiday season will be just as flat as it was last year because, I mean, things aren't getting better. But that's that's actually really good information people need to know because I'm on Facebook groups and I, you know, I connect with drivers. Uh, I connect with drivers pretty often. That guys on TikTok have been saying like uh, that that they've been left waiting for loads. You know, they've been having to sit a lot, and mm-hmm. that's not happening at Central Oregon. And I think that that's information any driver who's listening to the show may want to take into consideration if they're trying to maybe either sell their truck or they're looking for a different company. Like, yeah, it's it looks because you guys are still hiring as, as far as as I'm concerned, right? Oh yeah, dude, still orientation every Monday. And I think I've gotten that hundred dollars for waiting an hour one time. And that's because Trent had one too many breakfast burritos and would probably stall install number two for a little extra time. That's the only reason I got that hundred dollars to wait. But no, dude, I, I would say uh, I'd be pretty confident guessing over 90% of the time I have a load before my truck is empty. Like I've got my next load. And so I, when you're doing this, that's, number one, the most important thing is to keep it moving. Cause obviously we're not making any money unless we're 
unless those wheels are a turning. No, you're absolutely right. And it's cool that they give you offers too. They don't just like throw one on you. They'll be like, Hey, you want this or that? Like getting options is always another, another perk too, depending on, because if, you know, if you are, that's the, that's the thing. And I've talked about that on, on another show before too, is like, I think that's another thing carriers need to do to adapt with the incoming generation is, um, you know, as drivers become tenured, like I, I made a TikTok video about it. I'm not sure if you'd seen where I talked about how like wages sometimes top out and like about mm-hmm. how people are a little bit uh, like on, about how even if you have 20 years experience, you know, you're sometimes only looked at as somebody with two years experience. But somebody with 20 years should be able to either work, like dial back how much how much they work, like be, or be able to be local, do more local stuff or freely be able to pick what the jobs they can do. And I think that's awesome that Central Oregon lets lets their driver like has that option available. It's not all the time, but yeah. yeah. I was just going to say to clarify that that isn't definitely isn't every time and I'm not going to say it's for every driver, but I think if, if you build up enough of a reputation for getting deliveries on time or early that they're more apt to be like, I, I don't have to worry about this guy. Like whatever I give him, he's going to get the job done. So I'm not going to say like you come in and then your first day, they're going to be like, all right, you have three options where you want to go. It's going to, it's going to be, you have to work up to that kind of thing. So I don't want to give any kind of false representation here. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, we had another person uh, in the comments asking what company, and I mentioned it's Central Oregon, and he was asking, is 65 cents a mile good for this market? And where I asked him if it's for dri- and he said it's for, he says it's for dry van, and I, I would have to uh, agree 65 cents a mile uh, if you're doing dry van, even as a W-2 is is a is very good pay rate. Yeah, we're making 64 cents a mile, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with my paycheck, so... Yeah. I don't know how much it, does he get a hundred dollars extra to tarp his dry box or yeah, to, 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 op, to open the doors, to open yeah. the door, <laughs> break that seal. It gets it on. But Hey man, we, we, we've been ripping for a little bit. Anything else you want to lay on the track? Uh, no, I just want to say, I appreciate this opportunity and I, it's really nice to get to talk to you face to face. And uh, hopefully one day we get to run into each other and I can give you a big old bro hug. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So you're you're all over lower 48. We'll we'll definitely be in touch. I'm gonna start calling you, calling calling you more too. I'll, I'll I guess you have to split your 11 hour clock half half with Jesse, and then I'll take up your, <laughs> I'll take up your yeah. your other half. And yeah, we'll, we'll link up. I'd love to actually, and I'd love to jump on a show with the with the three of us, and we can all we can all uh, we, can, oh. we can collab on something and 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 engage in some truck trucker talk. That would be awesome. I would truck, love that a lot. Truck. But uh, but before I let you go, where where can because uh, I know that um, my friend Daniel Graves he had, he had asked uh, about v, uh, about video vlogging and I said hey J- Joe does all his video logging on TikTok where can the people find you on the internet where can they see your clout? So all my clouts on the internet you can so like on TikTok I think it's underscore I'm not I think I know okay I'm a professional it is underscore J O E s-e-p-p-i underscore so that's tiktok and then i think on twitter you can just search Giuseppe. same thing and i think all of them you can search and it's gonna be me and then this english dude with a one of those that frog guy cartoon thing those are like the only two Giuseppes that come up and i am not the frog okay so um but yeah search it up and if you like it hang out if not leave me a nasty comment so my internet moms can come after you uh, yeah, we love we love to see it, man. No, I I appreciate you coming on, man. You you are uh, you are a breath of fresh air when it comes when it comes to the internet because you know some of 
some of the truckers on TikTok, well, number one, there's a lot of negativity out there because of the market, yeah. because things have been bad, because of the regulations. And a lot of what I talk about on the show sometimes is like, is the bad. And because that's, you know, what, I, you know, what we're trying to do is try to get the conversation going to make some changes, to make it better, to make this industry, to make this career sustainable for the next generation is, is essentially yeah. the, the overall goal of this show. And to do that is to talk about, Hey, there's bad stuff going on, but it's also good to know that there's, there's good stuff going on. There's people who are posting about how a trucking company should treat them. There's people showing how a trucking company should train them. And there's people showing that there's a trucking company out there that treats their employees, you know, with respect. And then not only are, are treated really well, but they go out and they put that out there on social media to show you like, Hey, this is, this is what it's like. This is my life. It's not perfect, you know, but life doesn't demand perfection. It just demands that you show up and I show up every day and, and overall it's great. And like your, and your content out there is just like a, a, a level of infectious positivity that, um, definitely the, the algorithm needs, man. And, and what you shine back out shine, shines right back to, to all of us and, and, and onto you. And we, we love it. Man. I appreciate that. It was very humbling to hear. And, um, I, what I appreciate, what I appreciate about you and your style is that, I mean, you said you highlight the negative things, but what's behind your negative comments or, or your videos or whatever is like, you're trying to, you are trying to build a, um, like you're trying to make it better or fix whatever's wrong is what I'm trying to say. And it's not just complaining about everything. You're trying to find solutions. And then that's, that's why I love you, man. Like you're motivating as hell, dude. Yeah. If I could say Semper Fi, I would, but I'm, I'm not a former Marine. So I just, I'm just saying, I know. Hey, we're all, yeah, we all, we got to, we both got to wear the Jersey though. That's, that's what matters. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I, sometimes I miss it very much, but Hey, we're doing this now. Like, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm trying to find and, and get the solutions out there. And to, and to be perfectly honest, part of the solutions is, you know, people seeing what Central, Central Oregon's up to and people seeing what guys like Giuseppe are up to. And, you know, so, and that's, and that's, that's what we need to keep doing. Keep the conversation going, keep it rolling. And just, you know, the supply chain crisis, it needs actors, man. Yeah, dude, we need all the actors. Orientation on Monday. Orientation on Monday, baby. But dude, thanks, thanks again for coming on. We'll do this again soon, people. You know where to, you know where to find him. TikTok underscore Giuseppe underscore. That's where you can find him. Uh, that's gonna do it for for episode eighty five. Any, any last closing remarks? You got a CB uh, radio, right? I do. It barely works, but I do you, have one. You know who Mud Duck in the Desert is? I want to let you walk it out. I'm gonna let you walk the show out. Oh, I don't know what mud duck in the desert is. Oh, you don't know him? Okay, I guess I'll walk out. You never heard the guy on there who goes safety first, be you know, be nice to each other on those highways and byways. Get uh, yourself real radio. Talks I'm a real about the fraud out here. Uh -uh. Oh man, yeah, he's probably the <laughs> he's probably the highest paid supply chain crisis actor of them all. He's got hey, a big. I need to show some more respect. Yeah, he's got a big radio out there in Las Cruces, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and all he does is talk shit to people on a CB radio. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get get on board with that yeah i've stolen his moniker uh and how he closes out how he talks on his radio and i was like dude it's such a cool slogan i'm gonna say the same thing and uh and yeah with that guys that'll do it for episode 85 thank you once again for tuning in with that we're back to the bench take care